It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Hey, I'm Jeremy Borden with City Bureau, and I've got a story about dust. It's everywhere in Chicago, and sometimes it can be dangerous. Dust was on Robert Beadle's mind last spring when he was driving around McKinley Park on the southwest side. That's his neighborhood. He noticed something that disturbed him. There was a demolition that had happened about a half a block away from where my wife and I live, and it just seemed like, you know, there was a lot of dust being generated. Um, the debris was kind of sitting in a pile for a while. They were loaded in, into a dumpster with a backhoe, and it was uncovered. The half-demolished house was ugly, sure. But what really bothered him was that dust and how it was apparently just left there to spread. Robert knows that homes in McKinley Park, like in many neighborhoods, often contain lead and asbestos in the walls, floors, and ceilings. He looked into it when he was planning a home renovation, and he found out that he had to follow some fairly intimidating regulations around contaminants, even for something as minor as installing a new ceiling fan. So, if that's the case, how was it that he watched a backhoe smash an old home to smithereens in a matter of minutes, with, as far as Robert could tell, no effort made to contain that dust, which probably had lead and asbestos in it? So he asked Curious City, What are the regulations right now on uh, demolitions and teardowns in Chicago, and are they strong enough to protect the environment and human health? With Curious City and my City Bureau colleagues, we set out to answer Robert's questions about the current regulations for tearing down homes and whether they actually protect folks. And we learned that Chicago does have regulations about containing dust. But it's not clear they are strong enough. And there's evidence that enforcement is pretty spotty. But before we get to the rules, let's talk about what might be in that dust from a demolition. You've probably heard about the danger of lead in drinking water and in pipes, but lead paint that's pulverized into dust and breathed in or ingested isn't pretty either. We still have uh, 38 million housing units in this country with lead-based paint. This is our uh, dustologist, Dr. David Jacobs with the UIC School of Public Health. He studied the very thing Robert is asking about, dust kicked up by demolition. He went out into Chicago neighborhoods and tested dust in the air near 97 residential teardowns to see how far it could travel. Here's what he found. Uh, That is at five micrograms of lead per tenth of a liter of blood. Well, it's Uh, a bunch of confusing numbers. But here's something that's easy to understand. More than 90 percent of the teardown sites tested had significantly elevated lead levels nearby. And the contaminated dust spread farther than you might expect an average of 400 feet. That's half a block. So, yeah, the dust from teardowns, especially with lead paint, can spread to neighbors' homes and backyards. Jacobs particularly worries about children ingesting lead. It attacks uh, the central nervous system, uh, reducing IQ, reducing math and reading scores, uh, and a long list. So the other thing with dust, it can contain asbestos. That's a building material that was used until the 80s in all kinds of construction because it is light, strong, and fire retardant. But if you breathe it, you can get asbestosis, a serious lung condition, or mesothelioma, a fatal type of cancer. Asbestos particles can also be part of that dangerous dust plume, which neighbors can breathe in, which is why this guy takes precautions whenever he sees dust from teardowns. My wife thinks I'm crazy when we were pushing our kids in our strollers. I'd always be 
going to the other side of the street. This is Ian Cole. He's an environmental consultant who advises contractors on how to test for and remove contaminants like asbestos. That's required by federal law. We showed him some photos Robert took of the teardown near his house in McKinley Park, and he wasn't impressed. They didn't have any plan to wet the materials to cut down on the dust. Uh, They didn't have a plan to quickly remove it. They just left it there. Just a little bit of fencing was the only thing that could prevent this dust from blowing to neighboring properties. And that, quite frankly, is not enough. Cole says the best practices with lead and asbestos are actually pretty simple. Stop the dust from spreading. Here's what you do. Spray the site down constantly with water, and all employees should wear a mask. Now, there are laws on the books for these best practices Cole is talking about. In fact, the section of the city's municipal code that deals with the dust is pretty clear. It almost exactly mirrors everything Cole told us should happen to properly demolish an old home. Plus, contractors are required to notify residents living adjacent to the demolition site so they can shut their windows and keep the dust out. What isn't clear, is anyone enforcing these rules, especially when it comes to small residential demolitions? Cole, the environmental consultant, says they're not always enforced. In fact, he says most of his consulting jobs actually come from the suburbs, where he says enforcement is tougher than in the city. In Chicago, both he and Robert have seen that the dust is allowed to blow all over neighborhoods. Don't believe them? How about an alderman? Um, I mean, you hear that one in the summer a lot. Like, holy sh! like my windows were open and these guys just came in and bulldozed the place while I was at work. I mean, I've heard so many of those stories. You got a house full of dust. Alderman Scott Wagaspack, whose ward includes high development areas like Bucktown and Lincoln Park. He says he gets hundreds of these complaints every year and he's tried to get the building or health departments to crack down on developers who are covering his constituents in construction dust. But, he says, there's a general attitude about development issues from city officials under Mayor Rahm Emanuel. It it was always hands off the developers. Let them get the job done. Stay out of their way. Um, This is money coming in the door. It was always about money. According to Wagaspak, part of the problem is it's not really clear which department is supposed to be enforcing the rules about dust. So we went to talk to the commissioner of the Department of Buildings, Judith Friedland, to find out who is paying attention to residential teardowns. And what we heard didn't clear up the confusion. A regular single-family home is not going to have a lot of environmental issues. But our experts told us that lead and asbestos from some of these demolitions are risky. And in 2016, Chicago had more than 1,300 teardowns, a good portion of them residential properties. I wonder whether these single-family teardowns, which aren't subject to as much regulation, are kind of being lost in the shuffle. Well, they're subject to the same regulation. So, I mean, you're bringing this to my attention, so I will go look into it. I have not gotten a complaint that they're not. I do want to point out that the Buildings Department says it isn't responsible for environmental concerns. They say that falls to the Health Department. But despite repeated requests, the Health Department did not answer any questions about their oversight role. There is another protection, Friedland told us. Contractors have to be licensed to get a permit for a teardown. They also have to attest in a formal document that they're adhering to best practices for contamination and other issues. So is anyone checking the demo sites to see whether they're following the rules? Or are contractors mostly just on the honor system? 
Well, we spoke to some contractors who said inspections are rare for smaller residential demolitions. And Alderman Weigas Pack agrees. It's like the Wild West out there. He has a background in construction, so he knows what he's looking for. He says many contractors do follow the rules. But Alderman Wagaspak also says the city's enforcement of best practices when it comes to residential teardowns is often non-existent. And some contractors ignore the regulation. How does he know? He and his staff often drive around neighborhoods and basically give contractors a hard time. He can't actually write a ticket, so it's a quasi-rogue operation. I'll block like a backhoe or something from being able to move. Oh, really? That's that's when you get... That's when you get more of a response. You drive your car on the sidewalk and... Not on the sidewalk, like in the alley, you know, you just... There's and ways. Blind. How many times have you done that? A lot. <sighs> but that's, sometimes that's the only way to stop them. Wagaspak says he tries to work with the buildings department since they have the most inspectors. But he says they're overwhelmed. And again, once a contractor starts... Demo crews can take out these smaller homes before you can say the word inspector a few dozen times. He says it used to be different before Mayor Rahm Emanuel dissolved the Department of Environment back in 2011. Back then, Wagaspak says he could just call up that commissioner and say, I've got a serious problem with one of these properties and I need an inspector over here now. And they were very oriented towards the issues of asbestos, lead and stuff like that. And And they would respond pretty quickly. Literally within hours. So this is pre-2011. Yeah. Theoretically, that responsibility now falls to the health department. But the public health department was nowhere near capable of managing that aspect of what what had been built up over a couple years. I don't think they're up to speed like they should be. The data backs up the aldermen. According to the city's data portal, the health department issued only one citation in 2017 for problems with dust and debris. By the way, the mayor's office did not respond when we asked them to clarify who was supposed to be checking up on residential teardowns. As for Robert's question about whether there are regulations on the books for residential demolitions and whether they are tough enough, yes, the city has laws that protect the environment, and so does the federal government. The law on the books here in the city is actually a pretty good one. But there's evidence that there's a big hole in oversight when it comes to these smaller residential teardowns. Robert said we had answered his question, but he didn't feel reassured. I think the sense that I got is that there really might not be enough manpower or attention to this issue, um, which I guess does speak to the priorities as it being less of a priority than maybe getting this development done. Either way, the solutions don't seem tough. Wet down any potential dust contamination, use cover containers, don't let dust spread, Make sure every worker has a mask. But if no one is holding anyone accountable, what do you expect? Alderman Wagaspak says he can't get anyone to do anything. Dr. Jacobs, our dust expert, he took his findings to the city. He got no response. And Robert, our questioner, he called 311 to report the contractors. And he got no response. So, if you're worried about the dust, our best advice for now is to do what Ian Cole does. Just cross the street. This piece was reported by me, Jeremy Borden, for City Bureau, along with City Bureau fellows Tucker Kelly and Manny Ramos. Support for Curious City comes from the Conant Family Foundation.
Next time on Curious City. Chicago has 40 full-size statues of men and just one of a historical woman. 40 to 1. Chicago has produced plenty of accomplished women. And one listener wants to know why they don't get statues. We have currently dogs on Michigan Avenue. We have had cows. I think we had Marilyn Monroe and you could look up her skirt. Why not these amazing Chicagoans? The history and possible future of women's statues in Chicago. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City.